0: Jace's Road leads determinedly by three and a half with raising gain, and the winner is then Hay Strike. It's Jace's Road. Jace's Road wins here by five in the Gunrunner Stakes. Victory formation comes to the final 16th in front by two lengths. Angel of Empire is running a very good race, trying to run down his stable mate, but he's going to be second to the Sparty Jones Stakes winner, the undefeated
1: Victory Formation. Those were the two calls of the smarty Jones and the gun runner stakes, where looks like the road to the Kentucky Derby is running through the Brad Cox barn right now, but still a long way away from the first Saturday in May. This is inside the Kentucky Derby. Kevin Kirstein, Darren Rogers here with you. Happy new year. Happy new year, KK. Yeah. It's uh, always a fun way to kick off the holiday break, recapping and looking at some of these Derby preps that uh, were over the holiday season. And of course, Inside the Kentucky Derby would not be possible without Woodford Reserve, the official sponsor of the Kentucky Derby, and of course helps us with this podcast and Woodford Reserve with 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford is a spectacle for the senses. Please enjoy responsibly. I enjoyed some Woodford responsibly and celebrated New Year's proudly. I don't know about you, but I did a a toast of Woodford at midnight.
0: I had uh, my share of Woodford and (laughs) then some. We are 116 days uh, from the Kentucky Derby at the time of this recording on Tuesday, uh, January the 10th, and I would say I I had about 116 ounces of Woodford Reserve (laughs) as well over the holiday break, but uh, ready to ring in the new year, 2023, here we go.
1: I didn't have uh, that much, but... uh... at about an ounce. Uh, so let's let's talk about where we left off. So our last podcast obviously was in last year, in 2022, and we were looking ahead to some of the road to the Derby races that we were going to uh, be missing while we were enjoying some time with our families and away from beneath the historic Twin Spires. Yeah, we've had six. Let's start off looking back at, let's start with the Springboard Mile at Remington, which uh, it's 10, 4, 3, 2, 1 was the top five finishers and, you know, horses that race on the Lasix medication ineligible to garner points as well as horses that are currently being trained by a trainer suspended from, uh, competing in the Kentucky Derby ineligible to garner points. And, uh, so we saw, uh, uh, you know, a horse that was running on Lasix. Yeah. W-
0: to- yeah. Wild Atlantic storm, uh, for, for, um, uh, Ashford Jr., uh, the trainer Leandro Goncalves, uh, who used to ride in Kentucky, probably what eight eight years ago. Yeah, but he's moved on, and uh, he was. It was a very powerful win at fifteen to one, upset the favorite Giant Mischief for the trainer Brad Coxbarn. I thought the top two ran, you know, well. They they both ran fast, both ran with Lasix, therefore did not garner any points. Um, you know, I, again. I think this time of year, it's always important to, you know, drive home the point. Let's not get too excited. These are all steps. We're, we're a long ways out from the Derby. So we're looking for baby steps. We're looking for, um, um, you know, a horse to take, take steps forward. Um, it's okay to get beat. It's, it's okay to, uh, learn something along the way. Um, this is one of those, you know, races where we yield and, uh, let's see what they do next time out.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and not, echo
0: again was third, by
1: the way, echo again was third. We'll probably see him maybe in the La uh, who's working down at fairgrounds for Steve Asmussen, uh, the low South Futurity, uh, practical move, uh, was the victor in that race. Carmel road, Fort Bragg did not earn any points for finishing second and third tall boy finished fourth and Arabian lion was the fifth place finisher. What'd you make of the, uh, well, the
0: Tim, Tim Yuck that was a very nice win. Yeah. Um, you know, the s- speed figure came back. Okay. Uh, the horse, uh, faltered in its previous start, um, poorly. So this was a nice rebound, uh, going a mile and a 16th at Los Alamitos, They have that very long stretch, you know, the best horses in California were not in this field. So take that with a grain of salt.
1: Yes, absolutely. And there's, I think about An Arabian Lion, by the way,
0: he finished dead last in there. And that was very disappointing. I mean, he was the big favorite. He of course was the horse that, uh, um, was beat by giant mischief on, uh, championship Friday of the breeders cup at a short price. Thought those top two ran big, but it's interesting to know both those top two came back and got beat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then so, you know, after that low South Futurity, we moved on down to Fairgrounds and the Gunrunner where we heard the stretch call from John G. Dooley and Jace's Road. Got back to I think what Brad Cox's team and the All Balls in West Point thought that uh, Jace's Road was. He ended up inheriting the early lead and taking the field wire to wire in the Gun Runner Stakes. Falant drew aboard, and uh, I think just he did what he needed to do to win the Gun Runner. I don't know if it was the strongest race in the world, but uh, he's certainly rounded back into form, and I think that was a promising sign for all the connections.
0: Look, when you get beat uh, some 35 lengths in your previous start, which was the street sets, um, as the two to one favorite, that's the type of rebounding performance, uh, you're looking for. So yes, got back on track, uh, the Son of quality road, who obviously has been well thought of, they purchased him for $510,000, um, comes from those connections that, uh, love to compete in the road to the Kentucky Derby. You mentioned the Alba's the West point group, Brad Cox. This was a powerful win. Um, you know, the others just ran. Okay. A good step. We'll see what happens next time out. Maybe in the helicopter,
1: Yeah, absolutely. And here was uh, trainer, Brad Cox's thought following, uh, the gun runner on chase's road.
0: Off of him a little bit after the street sense, that was a complete throwout. He just, I could tell in the paddock that day, he just wasn't quite himself. Um, you know, he, once again, he bounced out of it in good order. Um, I really wasn't pointing for this race with him and he breezed well here the last two weeks. And, um, you know, we needed to have something in this race. We have several Colts that are, you know, trying to march toward the Derby. And I thought, you know, he was the one that seemed to be doing really well and had two-turn experience. Thought, you know, we'd give him a shot. And, uh, you know, he did give us confidence the way he's trained. He's always trained well. Like I said, the only setback was uh, that, that day, uh, late October.
1: So the one thing that's interesting to me is the way that Fairgrounds handles the nominations for Uh, the road to the Kentucky Derby series with the LeCompte, the Risen Star, and then onto the Twin Spires, Louisiana Derby is they take nominations for all three races at the same time. And I was scanning the nominations before we recorded this podcast. Jason's road is one of them, but Brad Cox's name is just, you know, riddled with horses for nominating to all three of those series. And so it
0: was <laughs> so the Kentucky Derby leaderboard.
1: Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if we don't know which one of Brad's horses is going to run until maybe the week before entries. He's one of those guys that always, you know, sees how horses are doing. And, you know, if they're, you know, they, he, he, normally works them a lot of them together. And so uh, he may enter two in the race he may enter three in the race. He may skip and see who else is going to run in there. And so that's what uh, I think we're going to see leading up in these next few months of where Brad's horses will run.
0: And if he doesn't have to, he's also the type of trainer that likes to run his horses. Let's say every five, six, maybe even seven weeks between starts
1: absolutely and so uh, another one of his trainees that we heard on the stretch call this time from vic stoffer was victory formation winning the smarty jones down at Oaklawn, and um i think they're still trying to figure out you know if this horse is, you know, legitimate. And I think they've figured it out. He was uh, certainly legitimate that day, defeating his, uh, his stablemate angel of empire. Uh, Dennington finished third, Western Ghent fourth. And how did he do that? Earned one point for finishing fifth. Oakland has a very powerful road to the Derby series down there themselves. And I think we'll probably see, you know, victory formation possible, uh, to run down to the Oakland series. I thought it was a a very solid victory.
0: Yeah. Solid victory. And it might be the right time for the right horse, um, the distance of one mile hit him square between the nose, um, you know, $250,000 pot. That's nothing to, you know, shy away from. He won going wire to wire being a son of taprit, um, makes you wonder how far does victory formation really want to go. Didn't matter on January the 1st, he got the, uh, $152,000 first prize, which is what matters the most. Also got 10 points on the trail, but again, let's just caution how far this horse maybe wants to run.
1: Well, that's a good segue to the next race that we saw, which was the Jerome at Aqueduct and Lugan Knight, who uh, looks like a horse that maybe the mile is his top distance at this time. And reading some of Michael McCarthy's sentiments after the race, you know, they're still deciding what to do after winning the Jerome. He was a, a determined winner in the Jerome um, at Aqueduct and. That was only a mile. Will he stretch out? Well, there's a, a Pat Day mile on the uh undercard on Derby weekend. And so maybe that's his horse for that race, but you never know. Um I thought it was a, a race that I'm gonna be cautious on to see, you know if horses can be productive coming out of that race. And it's an interesting series in New York because you go the mile and an eighth in the ramps and you cut back to the mile and then you go back, uh, in the two turn distance. And so, uh, trainers trying to figure out, you know, what's the horse's best distance.
0: Yeah. And this as you alluded, look, he's a horse that's by golden sense, like tap who we spoke of earlier, that tends to be more sprinty, maybe milish. Um, and, and, and that's the type of horse, uh, you know, let's face it. Look, the top horses in America are wintering in either Florida or California. That's usually the case. And if you're left behind up in New York or shipping to New York, you're probably in that, you know, if we're going to go ABC, you're in that B tier. And this was a B tier type of race. Nothing wrong with winning a hundred and fifty thousand dollar stake race. Lugan Knight got the money, uh wire to wire, Arctic arrogance uh for Linda Rice stayed behind after running in the Remsen. And uh I expect these horses to stay up there in New York.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they'll uh they'll probably be competitive uh up there. Up up in New York. But once they face, you know, some of the big players down in the Midwest and West Coast, we'll see about that. Speaking of the West Coast, uh it was a Bob Baffert trifecta uh, out in the Sham Stakes. I was again going one mile. They ran fast in there. Fast speed figures coming back one thirty-five and four for Reincarnate, who paid thirty-five dollars to win. The other other Baffert, if you were uh, gambling out there, is uh, Newgate and National Treasure were uh, you know well backed compared to this horse. But I think it's a, a productive race, and we probably saw three of probably the the better. Uh, Baffert's at this time in stakes company.
0: Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I look, first of all, those two, the top two uh, reincarnate and Newgate. they ran fast. They, they, that that's unquestionable. You look at any speed figure that came back a good race. Um, but I've always felt if Bob Baffert's running his horses in January, he's trying to get the most out of them now and, or figure out where he's at. The real big boys from not just Baffert's barn on the West coast, even the, the ones on the East coast, if a trainer knows what he has and he knows he's sitting on a classic horse, you're going to get that classic two race prep going into the Derby and the triple crown series. So, um, you know, while they ran fast, uh, again, I I'm not convinced that these are two of the best on the, on on the West coast. However, they did run fast to your point.
1: Yeah. At this time. And at uh, this time, at this time. And, uh, that's of course, because probably, you know, one of the best ones out there could be Arabian Knight, who, uh, is working for, for Bob Baffert. And, um, you know, Bob seems to be winning, you know, races, you know, hand and foot out there with potential horses that could end up on the road to the Kentucky Derby another main winner out there. Well, they have Uh, to be transferred. They have to be transferred. Got to start getting those points. Yeah. Got to get points. And, uh, but they are, you know, budding three-year-olds that uh, have shown potential uh, to make some noise on the road to the Kentucky Derby. What other horses did you see over the break? Do you think that or uh, horses that we need to pay attention to? There
0: were three other horses worth noting. Um, you know, we, we talked about the Brad Cox parade Corona bolt won again, again, going six furlongs, but it was fast. Uh, this is the son of Bolt de Oro out of a quiet American mare. So, you know, based on, he's been relegated to six furlongs, but the breeding to me suggests uh, a try around two turns isn't out of the question. So I'll be curious to see what they do with Corona Bolt. Uh, that was in the Sugar Bowl on Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas at Fairgrounds. Um, from, uh, you know, an allowance standpoint, it was nice to see the Dale Romans trained cyclone mischief down at Gulfstream Park, uh, win a first level allowance in impressive fashion, uh, one by five and three quarter lengths at odds of five to one. He's an into mischief Colt, uh, out of a Bernardini mare. So, um, you know, the Albaugh family and Castleton lions, they look like they have a, a horse that could make some noise down there in, in South Florida, and from a maiden standpoint out on the West Coast, um, Bob Baffert uh, uh, unveiled one in Faustin, uh, a Curlin colt out of a hard-spun mare. You remember hard not to like. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a, a very nice win for the, for, for the gray uh, colt, uh, you know, winning by two and three quarter lengths. I, I thought that was fast and, you know, going six furlongs and 110 flat is worth keeping your eye on.
1: It was uh, interesting having a conversation about two weeks ago with Brad Cox's son and assistant trainer, Blake Cox. You're we just talking in general about Bolt Doros and you know his offspring that he's been producing that have been so productive as two-year-olds. And Blake said every single Bolt Doros that he's seen at the sales, and he spends a ton of time at the sales and that we've seen recently, he said they're just so quick early that they establish position within races, and they, you just don't know how far they want to go. And so Corona bolt, who's been running short and sprinting, I think it's just trying to figure out, you know, is this horse naturally quick or do you think he has enough stamina to carry it around the two turns? And obviously putting yourself in position within races is very dangerous. So I think, uh, Corona bolt is going to get a shot, I would assume. And, uh, to see if he, you know, can put himself within position and and can hold on around two turns. We'll have to, uh, wait and see from that. Next stop on the road to the Derby Darren is back down at Fairgrounds for the Lecompton in, in 2 weeks and uh, oh,
0: well we get the, the the first change in the road to the Kentucky Derby um, you know point series you know this year we've extended points from top 4 to now top 5 we've gone through the series of 10 4 3 2 1 we're now getting into what you would you know consider maybe I don't know what quarterfinal type races yeah. for these regional series um the point levels are going to double to 28642 for many of the races the lone exception the el camino real derby on synthetic up at uh, uh golden gate fields that'll remain 104321 but um yeah the lecomp down at fairgrounds uh will we'll kick off the series on january the 21st so we've kind of got a week off a breather and uh we'll 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 see uh what's up and running do you have any idea of who might uh be the leading contenders down there at this point or are we too early
1: i think it's a little bit too early i was looking at some of the work tab down there at fairgrounds and probably echo again is going to get another shot he's working uh you know there'll be a number of brad cox trainees that will be interesting to work in you know some of the names that we heard that we've talked about on the show that we're heading down to fairgrounds um Hoosier Philly is one that I wanted to bring up. I oh, read that Tom fan. Tom Amos he did nominate her for the Louisiana early Louisiana Derby nominations. However, he said that she's maybe seen next in the Rachel Alexandra, which will be over Mardi Gras. So wait about another month. She's down at, at fairgrounds um, right now and, and came up from her little break. And so, uh, oh,
0: one other news: we 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 since the break, the last podcast we were trying to give updates on. On horses and i think we talked about logins uh was scheduled to return to trainer brad cox's barn by late december hasn't occurred just yet
1: yeah just sort of brad saying no news at this time of you know what the plan is and so maybe he's uh still at the farm maybe he's on his way to the Barn. there's no news as of yet and then extra anejo who also uh, we talked about he's had a setback, and still nothing from the Aspinson camp on extra anejo uh two of the top three two-year-olds that we saw last year waiting to resurface
0: don't panic yet if you haven't seen your horse on the work tab uh you, typically the way i've looked at it in past years of history you want to have that first workout. Around the time of the Super Bowl, so the NFL playoffs are just getting ready to start next weekend. Big uh, wild
1: card game on. Big wild
0: card game. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, play Monday night. We'll see. They have to rebound.
1: The the number one team gets a buy though. Yes,
0: your Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, just, um, you know. but uh, we don't hold that against us. No. by the way, we still work together. <laughs> um, the, the don't worry about your horse not having to work until uh, Super Bowl. I think the lone exception in like the last, you know, 20 something years was big Brown. Remember when big Brown had that, he had a, mm-hmm. he battled a bruised foot back in 2008. They were working on, he missed some works here and there, but if you're working around the first or second week of February, uh, you have plenty of time to make the first Saturday in may. If not oh, you might start thinking Pat day mile or the preakness.
1: Yeah. Could be in trouble. And so we got to about a month away until that one so uh, don't panic just yet horses are still getting their feet under them as three-year-olds on this road to the kentucky derby that'll be it for us until we preview the LeCompte in two weeks take a little bit of a breather happy new year welcome back we are getting geared up here at churchill downs for the kentucky derby in just 116 days and we'll chat then in two weeks and preview the lecomte on inside the kentucky derby